This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Good morning and welcome to the show. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few moments, Steve Bennett will be here to talk about winterizing our homes on this first weekend of the season when it really does feel like winter is coming soon. Steve and I look forward to your questions along the way as well. First, though, a quick scan of some of the top consumer stories of the week. And here in B.C., where stormy weather is always news, B.C. Ferries has had to disappoint more than a few travelers this week this weekend with many cancellations due to high winds and heavy sees both Friday and again yesterday. We talked with ferry spokesperson Deborah Marshall about plans for this weekend. Lots of contingencies in place, including extra sailings laid on today to help pick up the load of all of those people who were displaced both yesterday and Friday. And from the folks at BC Hydro this morning, as you heard moments ago on NW News, we're in great shape. Power is on just about everywhere. They were ready for the worst and fortunately didn't have to deal with it. And uh, I guess that's what happens when you're well prepared. The big global consumer story this week has been, without a doubt, the meltdown of Samsung's Galaxy Note 7 phone. Now banned, by the way, on all North American airlines, Canadian and American, as of yesterday. A colossal mistake, by the way, this Note 7 meltdown will cost the company about $3 billion this quarter and next, and more than $5 billion in total. Yesterday, here on News Talk 980 CKNW, Mike Agarbo and the Get Connected team did a terrific post-mortem on this corporate blunder and all the mistakes that compounded to create such an embarrassing mess. If, by the way, you haven't heard this and you are an owner of the phone, the uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 7, contact your provider or the source of your purchase for instructions on returning the unit safely. And even if you have a replacement Note 7 phone deemed to be safe by Samsung, they want that back too. We're about two months away from Christmas, so this next item shouldn't surprise you. Sony Interactive Entertainment this week released its new virtual reality system called PlayStation VR. They call this new edition the next step in video gaming, and it's available all over Canada and the U.S. It'll sell for about $550 Canadian, and it will do well over the next few weeks. It was, in fact, part of the conversation at our Thanksgiving dinner just a few days ago at our house. The Steel Report will have more on PlayStation VR later this hour. This is the wrap-up weekend of Fire Prevention Week here in British Columbia, and firefighters remind Metro Vancouver consumers to check their fire alarms. The Kelowna Fire Department ran a spot check on a few neighborhoods in that area over the last few days and discovered to their dismay six out of ten homes did not have a working smoke alarm. Those homes either had a smoke detector that wasn't working, or they simply didn't have anything at all. It takes less than five minutes twice a year to check your smoke system and remind yourself to check the battery if you have the backup battery option. Do it before the holiday season ahead, too. And if you don't have a smoke detector in your house... They're about 25 bucks, and those are the good ones, too. They're really inexpensive, and you'll save a few dollars on your house insurance as well. Finally, in consumer news today, we're back to the weather, and this time it's good news for skiers. 
Whistler Blackcomb are reporting much more snow on their slopes than normal already this year. Emily Wright told us from Whistler that these heavy storms have packed a lot of snow, leaving 30 to 40 centimeters overnight lately. And, well, that's been kind of shocking to them, as those accumulations don't usually start up at Whistler Blackcomb for another month. So far, December 1st is still the anticipated opening, but at this rate... We may see skiing sooner, and the boarders and skiers around this part of the world can't wait. Lots more stories on Consumer Files, and we'll have a look at more of them, too, as we get through the hour. But right now, it's time to get ready for your calls to Steve Bennett about winterizing your home. Let's open up the phone lines. It's 604-280-9898. Again, that's 604-280-9898 for winterizing questions for Steve Bennett, who's up next here on Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back. It's Sterling Fox with Stephen Bennett in studio. Mr. Bennett is with Lambert Plumbing, Heating, and Air in South Vancouver. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. It's, uh, it's a, as I mentioned moments ago, this is the first weekend, really, so far this season, that it's felt like, well, you know, winter can't be that far away. It's the storm, it's the low clouds, it's the sudden single-digit temperatures. So very timely of you. We do appreciate your joining us this morning, Stephen, to talk about winterizing your home and you've got over 30 years experience in the plumbing heating uh trades you you, you've been working on this file for a very very long time so you're probably the perfect guy to ask this question too as we begin our conversation Stephen. what is the most important detail to pay attention to when we open that file that says winterizing the house winterizing the house well, <clears throat> the most common, the most common accident that we see or, or incident occurs is, uh, is the frost-free hose bibs on people's homes. We have the modernized frost-free hose bib, which is a, a cylinder that goes inside the structure and what you see on the outside, it looks like an old, an old tap. Sure. The problem is it's, it's a great device and, and the body of it is in, in the walls and the frame, the two by six walls of the structure. But what happens if you leave a garden hose attached, the garden hose water will freeze, forcing the ice back into the cylinder and then splits the cylinder. So come springtime, you'll turn on your faucet to go ahead and wash the car, wash the windows, and also you'll be washing the inside of your house because that cylinder splits halfway through the structure. And all of a sudden you've got flood, you've got insurance damages. It's the number one cause. So, and all because the, the, the disconnection of a garden hose didn't occur? Right, exactly. Isn't that, isn't that so simple? It's as plain as the nose on your face, isn't it? Right. And it happens. Every customer I'm going to on a daily basis, as I walk around the house, I disconnect their hose. I give them that advice as I'm doing other things for them, but I just simply detach it. And I've seen it over. I've seen the terrible disasters because you wouldn't know. You'd be outside and you think you've got the same flow velocity. You're washing your car. Sure. Half an hour later, half an hour of that water has been done 50% of it inside the walls of your home. All because you just didn't uh, disconnect the garden hose, hose back in October. Correct, exactly. And how many uh, how many freezings would it take with that hose and the water still inside it to mess up that uh, connection one, to the house? One, one deep cold. If it drops to minus 5, minus 10 for a few days, it's enough to do it. Okay, so it's, fortunately... It's all, because we don't have the hose protected. It's sitting on the sidewalk, the cold concrete. It gets frozen really quickly and right. starts forcing right back into the cylinder. And this is a very soft brass. 
Okay. Now, Steve, by the way, has brought some visual aids here in the studio with me. It's radio. I appreciate it. Uh, so we're not able to share the pictures, but I'm looking at the connection that has the, the, the tap thing uh, that we see uh, above the hose uh, at, at every outlet where you can connect a garden house right. and every hose in Vancouver. Yeah. And the same applies to the old school. We'll talk about the Victorian homes. Vancouver's still low with those beautiful Victorian homes. Sure. They have the, they'll have still looks like a, a standardized valve or a boiler drain on the outside of the structure. It'll be a half inch line going and somebody goes inside they turn off a shut off in here mm-hmm. and about 12 inches inside the structure and they, they put, open the cap and they drain it and that's how you protect that same incident from happening because copper doesn't have the same flexibility that PEX tubing does so in the old days if you left your, your hose attached it forced into the copper splitting the copper in the same method okay so you want to be able to make sure you turn your shut off off in the inside and drain the water there so the uh, number one uh, task for any of us trying to winterize any kind of home, is cheap and uh, and really easy. Really Disconnect is. the blinking garden hose. Exactly. Holy smokes, Steve. That Steven. saves you 99% of the very expensive and you know, stressful bills and insurance costs. And yet you're, you're one of the guys at Lambert Plumbing, Heating, and Air that will happily take our money if we do forget that we, simple, simple thing of disconnecting the yeah, garden we'll hose. put you on the list. Isn't that something? <laughs> yeah. eh? And it's amazing how many people I still today still have it hooked up. And what would the repair on uh, having let that, having it let it freeze, freeze and split open, and now you've got some maybe flooding in in the walls? What's it going to cost to patch it's, that all? It's going to cost quite a few dollars. You know, between the doing the hose bib and the labor costs, you're going to spend a couple of hundred dollars there. But then it's the other damage. It's the drywall damage. Sure. It's because this device is what you see on the outside wall. This passes through the through the structure, and you don't get to see it. So you don't know where it is so all of a sudden you're cutting drywall to find it ah okay so you got drywall repairs and by the time if it actually does the damage inside the home you're doing a large insurance claim okay now that is uh, okay the large claim i understand because yeah. of the damage created but the solution is so incredibly yeah. simple just hose. disconnect a hose yeah. what other sort of plain as the nose on your face solutions can we uh, accomplish here uh, to winterize the house and stave off those uh, expensive visits from you and your pals at Lambert. Irrigation systems. The irrigation systems that are installed around your home are very, very shallow. They're made of PVC plastics and some polyplastics. And as a result, oh, sorry about that. And as a result, what happens is the cold will cause the PVC to fracture very easily. Okay. So if you've got a very expensive landscape and you pay a lot of money to have that in there, it's best you get your contractor and you air blow them out. Do not take that chance. Make sure the water shut off, bled backwards in the house so you can drain it, and then forcing air through it, you blow and you throw it into a mist into the air and just drain your entire irrigation system. Okay, and what would, again, versus the cost of fixing a messed up, frozen up, busted system, what would the cost of bringing in a contractor to do that very simple blow-through task be? It's once a year uh, application. Generally, it's going to cost you a couple of hundred dollars. Okay, and the repair job, by comparison? Tens of thousands in some cases. Okay. Because the complex, especially if you live in West Vancouver, North Vancouver, You've got different elevation, the topography, the land's different. It's, uh, it can cost you a lot of money. This is a particularly damp climate. I grew up in Ontario. You grew up in Kamloops. Yeah. So we're both familiar with real Canadian winter, yes. the likes of which does not happen very often down here in this very damp, isolated little corner of Canada. Our winters are unlike yeah. any other winter anywhere else in Canada. So 
dampness is a huge consideration for us down here in Metro Vancouver. Right. And, of course, that doesn't exist because all the dampness is frozen right. everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. So dampness is a biggie, though, isn't yeah. it? Damp- dampness is a biggie, and it usually stems from your drain tile structures, what keeping water flowing away from the, from your house, uh, including big snow buildup. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you don't put your, make your house the king of the hill, all the water rolls towards the walls, then you're going to start to find it starts finding cracks. It starts finding its way through the foundations. And then all of a sudden you've got mold and fungus problems and all of a sudden health issues still come with it. Okay. So a lot of that sort of stuff is drain tile work it starts with, which is the perimeter drain tile, which isn't subjected to the cold, per se, because it's deep enough. It's down in the footings. What do we look for if we're down in the basement and we're looking for clues that maybe all is not well, or maybe if we don't do a few things, it certainly won't be well come the spring thaw. What are we yeah. looking for in terms of clues? You look, you're going to be spe- odors. You're going to smell it. It's going to smell stagnant and old. and uh, Like musty. Very musty. It's, okay. It's, it's a terrible odor. Then you know you've got something's not quite right. Another way of doing it is, is great sensing devices. A lot of homes uh, that I see nowadays, um, they're building their lift chambers downstairs. Their pumps are downstairs. Their sewer lift chump pumps are downstairs. Their fire system downstairs. Their water system inlets are downstairs. In this one big mechanical, along with their boilers and the water heaters and everything. But there's one thing that's always missing. One thing. And it's a sensing device. There's, there's many different ones that will link up with your existing alarm company. They put sensors on the floor that pick up that moisture and set an audible alarm saying, we got a problem with moisture in the house. Oh. Or if it touches, we have ones that are right from uh, Home Depot, which will actually shut off the water main itself. So you go to your tap and, oh, I have no water. It's trying to tell you, downstairs where you rarely go, we got a problem. We need to, be, need to see what's going on. Interesting, because I was yeah. mentioning uh, in terms of uh, the con- some of the consumer stories that Matt and I have been working on for the past few days, yeah. the firefighters. The fire, the smoke alarm. It's that time of year for yeah. us to check our smoke alarm. But perhaps uh, you, you say, Stephen, it's not the only sensing device to consider oh. having in the household, particularly uh, in the basement. How much would one of these uh, moisture sensors uh, cost to, to uh, install in the basement? Yeah, to install the, the products are around, around anywhere between seventy five dollars to hundred, and they travel all the way up. Okay, so what's the manufacturer you go with? And the labor costs are generally about an hour to an hour and a half to install. So it's 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 a simple application, but it saves your home save so much damage. Well, I was just going to say, again, yeah. it's an investment, yeah. right? It's, if you're looking maybe a couple of hundred dollars for the product and the installation yeah. versus a repair job that could run into the mega thousands. Yeah. Exactly. So again, pre- a little a little uh, prevention goes an awfully long way. Yeah, it certainly does. Okay, yeah. so... And it, at the same time, we talk about the insurance costs. When you put these devices in, it cuts your insurance costs. Yeah, I mentioned that with a fire alarm, too, doesn't same. it? You, exactly you can save a few shekels on your home insurance right. if you have some of these devices installed yeah. so uh, already if you you sure you shell out the money up front yeah. but it's going to come back to you pretty quickly and reduced payments on the house yeah. insurance yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, you've got the systems that will, like, say, will link up with your thermostat, will link up with your alarm company. You got those devices. Then you have the aftermarket ones, which go directly plugged in. You don't have to worry about them, and they're going to set off an audible alarm, but they're going to cut off that water until you've got a problem downstairs before it gets out of control. A lot of Vancouver homes don't have basements, Stephen. Yeah. A lot of us uh, live in homes with crawl, crawl spaces. spaces. So, what if we live in one of those houses? I live in one with a crawl space. There's no basement <laughs> in our little house, but um, we have. Have, you know, there obviously there are issues. It's below your living space. Correct. So, what uh, those of us who have crawl spaces, what should we be paying attention to? Winterizing and winterizing uh, again. It's uh, I would 
I strongly put those uh, add those alarm systems onto your home for in case you're going to have a flood. But the winterize in that case, you're okay. You've got to make sure that your that your your insulation has been done correctly, insulating up against the foundation where the wood meets the foundation to assure that you've got that tightly sealed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how do we? How do we? What are we looking for then? You're talking to a person who my own children will tell you I'm my own worst enemy <laughs> with any kind of tool in my hand. Yeah. So I, I'm really when it comes to this, I'm so fundamental. Help me out. What am I looking you, for? You're looking for battened insulation, a pink insulation. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. Got, there's also blown in insulation, which I just came across a house last week in Port Coquitlam that way. Beautifully done. Uh, unfortunately, didn't allow ventilation. You still got to let air into that space and air out of that. Space. So you can put in too much insulation. Yeah, you can you can actually block it off. You can make it into a, a mold factory. Is what uh-huh. happen. You need to have air that's going to move into that space and move out of that space, and that just keeps it circulating, so it keeps it dry. If you if you leave it so you seal off the, I want to save that. I think it's too much cold coming in. Then what you do is you're creating a, a just a plastic bag. And when that happens, we're going to have mold. Okay. Now, for those of us, some of us have crawl spaces, as is the case in my life. A lot of the rest of us have. Uh, basements. Mm-hmm. All of us, however, live under a roof of some kind. Right. So talk to us about the roof, Stephen, as yeah. it applies to us, because it, we can't see it. I mean, you, you look up and you see stuff, oh, especially these days, yeah. all the junk in the, in the gutters from yeah. the trees and the yeah. cedars, particularly. Yeah. So our gutters need to be cleaned out. Uh, that's a given in my house. That's I live a, a near some really Vancouver. huge trees. <laughs> so that's a given. Yeah. So yeah. while I'm up there cleaning yeah. the gutters after this big stormy weekend, yeah. what am I looking for? Up, well, just making sure that your gutters are actually clean because okay. you know you want to freeze up and carry that extra weight and all that ice because then you'll find by springtime you'll either have gaping holes, the 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 ice will expand inside the gutters and split the corners open. Yes, that happened to my home in Kamloops. Oh, really? So, yeah, but a secondary drain. It, it, it just expanded it just and expanded blew them the open and blew the corner joint wide open. Wow! And it's because too much water sat in that in that area, and it's all about gravity taking that gutter and slightly gravitating it to the drain portion. You got to get up there and you got to make sure it's clean. And you know these really good products out there called Gutter Guard, things like this. Uh, there's many different brands that clip in there that prevent the actual leaves and that debris from falling into your gutter to to cause that big congestion. So that's easy to clean. Okay. Now, we're lucky in our house cuz we have a brand new roof. We got yep. one this summer. Not everyone has. Yeah. So, if you're up there checking the gutters out, particularly after a stormy weekend, you'll find yep. more than the odd tree branch up there as well. Yep. But in terms of the condition of the roof yeah. to the lay person's eye yeah. uh, with winterizing in mind, Stephen, yeah. what are we looking for? Well, most of the problems occur that we're finding is on a lot of the older homes. And on the older homes, you're going to find some uh, dapping, some siliconing or some tarring that needs to be done, especially around fireplaces. Around the chimneys? Around and, the chimneys okay. and down the wells, down the valleys. You want to make sure that there's no blockages going down that valley to dam up and start to freeze backwards. Otherwise, it'll start lifting your tiles and start coming through the roof. Okay. It does that. But it's really, really important, especially with the old, old fireplaces, make sure that 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 flashing that's up at the at the base of it is properly sealed. And tar is the is the number one sealant to be used there. Our guest here on Vancouver Consumer is Stephen Bennett from Lambert Plumbing, Heating, and Air in South Vancouver, a 30-year veteran of the trades and servicing people's home as we take a look at winterizing hours for the winter of 2016-17. And we're back with lots more. And your call, 604-280-9898, after this quick timeout. 
Welcome back to the program. It's 1136 on the button. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by Stephen Bennett from Lambert Plumbing, Heating and Air in South Vancouver. Mr. Bennett is the senior lead technician with Lambert and has actually come back out of retirement because it's just too much fun doing the kind of good work you do. We're talking about winterizing your home. Now, here's possibly an old wives' tale, Stephen, that I'd like to just run by you. Sometimes when it gets... By the way, friends, if you haven't heard this yet... The Farmer's Almanac has predicted for this winter, 2016-17, to be a nasty, brutally cold experience for all Canadians. So, now, that's relative, of course. It's going to be colder in Kamloops than it is here in Metro Vancouver, Stephen. But it's going to be colder than we're accustomed to in Vancouver. So, when we get these freezing nights, and we live in an older house, and some of the piping is fairly close to the wall, and so... And it's not particularly well insulated, as a lot of older homes weren't. So I've been instructed that uh, on those nights when it could freeze, to leave a, leave the tap in the kitchen sink just dripping, just enough to keep some water flowing so that with that flow, you won't have any capacity for it to freeze. Is that an old wives' tale, or have I been given a, a good bit of advice? Well, it's a good wives' tale. Uh, the actual the effect of that is if you know that particular area is been frozen in the past, yeah. yes, as long as you keep water moving at a pace, water doesn't freeze. But if your plumbing is put to the outside, some of the Victorian homes in Vancouver, what you then ha- starts to happen is that as that water trickles down this big open cast pipe, it then turns to ice. Mm-hmm. And it builds a big ice ball, and then all of a sudden your, your entire sewer system doesn't work. Everything's frozen. And the one thing you don't want to do is start taking torches and things to it to try to thaw it out. It doesn't work that way. You have to use water on water to get it out. Torches just going to make you burn your house down. Oh, is that yeah, right? Yeah. So, so what would, if there is, if there is as a device, that is, is there such a thing that you can apply to a, a, a piece of piping that, short of a torch of open flame, yeah. that might help the frost defrosting? What would you use? Okay, let's let's take a step back here. Over the years, Vancouver back, back I believe it was nineteen eighty eight last time that, that I was here doing the doing the plumbing here, and a tremendous amount of homes froze, and everybody didn't understand why. Well, we dropped to minus ten. Mm-hmm. It was one of those real cold. cold don't take a couple of days. Everything freezes up, and all of a sudden it came to that situation. People going, "What am I going to do to thaw it out?" Well, what you use at any point, first of all. Now, all the renovations that have gone on, all these this new construction that's gone on, a lot of plumbing's been put on the outside walls, or, or they were, previously they were empty basements, now made into rental properties sure. and what have you. Right. And now the plumbing's been encased, so there's no airflow, there's no air movement. They're more likely to freeze, and once that happens, the only way to really is to open, cut uh, access point, we'll put a cold air return there to allow passive air into that space, okay. and then only use a hair dryer. Oh, everybody's got a hair dryer. That's right. That's the safe one of the safest ones you can use. Uh, paint stripper for the professionals, but uh, resorting to a turbo torch, especially if you've got a crawl space or a modular home, you're asking for a death sentence. It's, Interesting. It's, it's instant flames, and you don't want to be doing it. Flame is no. Stay away from the open flames and break out the hair dryer. Break out the hair dryer, fire it into the area, and as long as you've got that opening, you're going to thaw it out. Well, it's interesting, Steve Bennett, that you've mentioned renovations, because a lot of yep. with the stratospheric home price realities uh, we are living with in 
in Vancouver. Yeah. A lot of people have decided, well, you know, let's just fix up the old box and live here for a few more years. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the money that is just being internally spent on improving the house. Now, right. some of those renovations we've begun over the summer, and some of them aren't done yet. Yeah. So now, if we've got a contractor or we're doing a, a DIY, God forbid, on our own uh, properties, yeah. um, what do we have to pay attention to as it gets colder at night? With these, well, if the structure's open, make sure you don't have any water in the piping. Or if there's any testing been done, any hydronic testing, make sure there's no water that's been left in the, in the floors and stuff like that. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be subject itself to freezing. Oh. Bring in a source of heat. You know, protect your investment. Okay. You, know, don't wanna, you don't want to have damage to the plumbing. Um, yeah, that's the best thing. Really? Okay. Um, uh, now we've talked about uh, we've talked about is uh, detached homes uh, usually yep. uh, so far in a strata or an apartment environment. Yep. You're you're dealing with uh, you're you're dealing you're not able to do much winterizing because most of it is common property and that will be dealt with through the strata committee to some maintenance contracting. But but if you live in an apartment, yeah. your your home is your castle and you have yep. dropped a half a million bucks on an apartment. Yeah. You don't want to take any chances. What can you do in your condo yeah. that the Strata Council won't bother uh, doing for you? Really, the only thing that you really can do is detach that hose. Anything happens inside the inside the walls that that's up to the Strata. Right. Strata is going to have to come in. Strata is going to have to open the wall. Strata is going to have to deal with it. That that's when it comes to the Strata uh, titles. Residential homes are a completely different ballgame. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. And another type of home that is a, certainly a popular option for a lot of folks in the metro Vancouver area, not a lot of them in the downtown core, are modular homes. We haven't talked about those at all. Yeah. And I would think, for example, if you, if, you, if, if you have a home that's basically has wheels, then there's a lot of room for cold to get in underneath and come yeah. up and ruin a lot of stuff. So yeah. how do we deal with the modular homes? Uh, any special treatment required? Yeah, absolutely. There's actually two different types. We have our older, old schools that remember grandma and grandpa sort of inside a module with wheels. Yeah. That, those days are gone. But those are the trailers that are, have very thin, thin plumbing. They're using a half-inch ID or OD copper. Um, they're using uh, different types of materials that fracture and crack easy, like different types of plastics. But uh, I see a lot of those trailers, nobody's even put any protection because they feel because it's underneath the trailer. Mm-hmm. And they put their dryer vent under the trailer. Oh, that should be good enough. Well, when it drops to minus 10, my friends, it's not going to be good enough. Right. You're be asking for a serious disaster and you won't know about the disaster until the water's coming out destabilizing your trailer and your trailer starts to twist because the water saturates underneath then modern homes are generally they're going to put them on footings and foundations are much better quality built they're two by six framework and and they're just like a regular home and it's, the insulation particularly underneath uh, the ground uh, the, the bottom would be much better than the the wheel variety right? correct absolutely yeah uh, okay yeah. so and it's uh, just really important it, it, yeah, and all these older homes modular homes homes, you gotta, you, you really got to stop your, your toilets from dripping. You've got to fix your faucets, stop them from dripping, because those are the ones, that little drip, drip, drip that travels down a long length of pipe that's really cold. It just turns instantly to ice. Okay, so the further the pipe travels, is the, is the risk greater of yeah. freezing? For example, from the, if, you're, if you've got something on the third floor yeah. and the water supply is coming in on ground level, yeah. you're, you're, is your risk higher of having problems on the third floor than it is just a few feet away 
from the, the, the water source? It depends on, and again, the R value, the envelope of the building, what's protected, where the plumbing's laid. It could be upstairs, it could be downstairs. What you usually find is kitchen sinks, especially in the older homes, built in the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s, where they have an offset and, and from, the found, uh, from the wood frame to the foundation. You usually find that that offset usually gets frozen right at that wall edge. And it's always the same thing. It's because they had a drippy faucet. Sure. Yeah. So, I wanted to ask you, because we talked earlier about fire. Uh, it's, it's the last weekend of Fire Prevention Week. Yep. And uh, interesting, the guys, the fire department up in, in Kelowna did a just kind of a random uh, test market search on a few neighborhoods. Yeah. 60% of the homes, Stephen, yeah. didn't have any kind of smoke alarm at all. And, you know, they, they'll run you, what, 25 bucks to get the battery backed up yep. AC installed one. Yep. Uh, how about, though, the other thing I was going to ask you is also equally popular devices that, again, can save you money on your house insurance, uh, these, um, the, the detector of, of CO, the gas. CO detector. That's right. Yeah, so carbon monoxide detectors. Right. They came out, they came out a big boom when they first came out, and they had a lot of incentive. They were, they were too oversensitive. So as we provide them for our clients selling new furnaces and boilers and water heaters and put them into their home. It's constantly going off. We, as a contractor, we're constantly going back, and there's no problem. I've got the professional CO detector. I've got, I've got zero parts per million. And so it got to the point became to the point where people just took them off. Well, they've gotten better. You've got them so they're wired in with your house alarm system. You can do that again, and it's all wired together, and uh, they're a lot better. And I would definitely recommend you have it. You just don't put it right up against your gas-fired appliance. Have it somewhere else further away from it. Okay, so and if you don't have a newer home, you can go to a, a Home Depot-type yep. place, and uh, a, an experienced salesperson will yep. guide you to the right type for yours. Yep. And it's about square footage as much as anything else, it's, isn't it? Yes, it is. Ventilation, air, square footage, and that smoker. That smoker's smoking, she's going to go off. Ah, okay. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, now this may be a little outside your territory, but we talked about basements yep. and, and clues to look for in terms of dampness or yep. odors in the basement that, I mean, yep. every basement in the world smells a little musty, yeah. but it's more than a little when you should start worrying, right? Yeah. When you start smelling it, it's a strong smell. You know you've got water penetration, but to find it is take is a, a matter of tearing down drywall, wall edges. Uh, the, you know, there are carpet com- companies that will come in or restoration like Service Master. Sure. And Service Master comes in and they, they put sensors in the walls and it tells you if the moisture's there. Ah, okay. So, so rather rip out all the walls, you call in a, prof- a trained professional for flood restoration and they will tell you what moisture, if any, is behind each wall. It's a matter of just popping a little tiny hole. Just like you're poking a turkey. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to get outside the house a little yep. bit, Stephen, because okay. uh, one of the things that is, is sort of a constant yearly wear down thing is uh, I'm talking about the sidewalks and the driveways and all that salt that oh. we toss on them. And now it doesn't get that cold here. Yeah. But, you know, the city governments, uh, all of them will tell you, and they're very upfront about it. If somebody slips on your sidewalk in yeah. front of your house, whether it's the letter carrier or the next door neighbor walking the dog, you are liable because you did not clean the sidewalk. So we get out there, we shovel a little bit, and we lay on the bags of salt, which eventually yeah. will cause what kind of damage? It, well, if you throw it salt on, on any any form of concrete, it's going to decay it instantly. It will destroy it. It will look terrible come spring. There are other, other products that uh, Canadian Tire and, uh, and other, other stores will sell that, uh, that doesn't contain the salt. And what it does just good a job. It preserves your your concrete. Okay. And, and, so, and you're right. A lot of people did their 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 uh, 
drain lines from their homes and some daylight them onto the sidewalks going down hills. Yeah, those are the number one culprits that are going to cause a really bad accident. It will freeze up. Also, if you've got your drainage off out of the house, rolling, letting gravity do some of the work for you and yeah. just down the rolling down the driveway to the presumably the drain uh, uh, at, at, at the curb, yeah. 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 Uh, but then that flow of water from the house, if it freezes, it, it's a slide it's for a, crying out yeah, loud. It's, a, it's just like black ice. Yeah. And that's for the pedestrian walking by. That's for your vehicle pulling in the driveway. So use the, the, the products that they have that don't contain the salt. Okay. Salt just does too much damage and it gets into the water system. It does a terrible thing to your plumbing. Okay. Yeah. We had a real incident uh, in Vancouver, or pardon me, in Kamloops uh, from salting the highways. It went into the water system for local community and it pumped it through their homes. And within a matter of months, it ate through the copper, the brass fittings. It destroyed all their fixtures. It all had to be replaced. Wow. Yeah. Stephen, your company is Lambert Plumbing, Heating, yep. and Air. So let's talk about heating okay. as we take a moment here on Vancouver Consumer <laughs> to look ahead to the, the winter and talk about winterizing where we live. Uh, I guess uh, an annual check, uh, when we were check, checking the smoke detectors, we yep. should probably do some kind of furnace check, too. Yep. What's, what's a basic furnace check like and what's it going to cost you if you don't know how to do it yourself? Well, right now there's a rebate program with, uh, with uh, Fortis. And uh, you, you send it and it gets a $35, I think, a 30 or $35 rebate. And you should have your furnace service once a year. You know, the, what I'm finding right now is I go to the furnace. Oh, it, it's been running really good. Sure, it runs good. But then you pull the filter out and it's so badly caked that it's causing the heat exchanger to operate on limit, which means the heat exchanger is getting so hot that's gonna if it doesn't shut off, it will crack. And there's your investment gone in the garbage. Ah, you know, the filter, all for all for the want of what a six dollar uh, furnace filter. It depends on the types of filters you have in the house. There's many different styles, but it's, it's but you know, none of them are terribly expensive. No, they're not terribly expensive. Okay. And it being that, it should be every thirty days. You should be changing it out because you're closing off this environment and so much construction going on in Vancouver. Right. So much dust flying through the air, you don't realize that how much is being sucked in through your into your into your intake to your house that's going directly into your cold air return, and that's that's what's causing the problem. But I've all the ones I've serviced in the last week, I, I should have taken the photos so they were that bad. I'm gonna put them on the wall of shame. Oh, and, really? Oh, yeah, because that's what they're gonna lose their investment. They've got a brand new furnace; it's two years old, but they haven't serviced it in a year, and they haven't changed the filter in two years. Okay, now you, you okay, so changing the filter, you uh, you said they haven't serviced it in a year, and they haven't changed the filter in a year. So yeah, clearly yeah. that's a two-step process. Correct. Changing the filter, I get. What's yeah. the servicing part? The servicing part, would, uh, we're going to go through as uh, a large inspection uh, checklist. We're going to check all the safeties. We're going to check the, the temperature rise across the heat exchanger. We're going to test the gas pressures coming in and make sure it matches the specs on the, on the actual device. It was installed correctly. Uh, so we're also going to check the gas pressures uh, exiting into the heat exchanger. All, all into, the, into that um, we're also going to be doing uh, t- testing all the safeties, all the limits, all the high limits, and just making sure that, the, that it's operating properly. We'll look at the actual uh, uh, squirrel cage, which is where our air flows at, making sure it's clean, that it's going to be moving a, lot, a, good, a good CFM of air, because that's the first place dust likes to congeal is on top of that. Right. Okay. And for a, a person who is unskilled, yep. like moi, yep. in, in any of these details, yep. and uh, to bring a pro in to make sure it's done right, uh, what, what, should that, uh, what should I expect that to set me? back oh if, if you're if you maintain your furnace it should set you back a couple of hundred dollars okay yeah. so 200 bucks a yeah. year yeah. and and a clean filter yeah. and uh, your investment and furnaces aren't cheap yeah uh, your investment is good for another 12 months that's right and with Lambert's Lambert's has got a Google coupon to go to so you can get an additional discount there as well on top of the, the additional 
the uh, uh, Fortis. And is, is that on the website? Is it yes, available? It is. Okay, yep. so yep. I've got the website up in front of me, yep. and it's LambertHomeComfort.com. What's the uh, What's the address? Where's the uh, Where's the headquarters? Where's uh, the on shop? Kent Avenue. Kent Avenue. Yeah. Okay. Right below the Knight Street Bridge. Oh. Oh. Okay. I know where you are. All right. So uh, furnaces uh, need to be serviced once a year. Yep. Uh, furnace letters. filters need to be replaced. At least once a year, yeah. and more frequently than that, almost out of time. Yeah. And with the and I've tried, I've tried to, to cover as much of the spectrum <laughs> of all of these details because it's not, it's not something you can do in an hour. Yeah, if you're going to winterize your home, you should yeah. at least plan a weekend exactly. and, and uh, get a to-do list and make sure you check off yeah. everything. What have What have I forgotten that we really haven't even touched on that has to be also looked at, Stephen? I think you've pretty well covered the bases. There's just different styles of appliances now. People are using different uh, high-efficient condensing boilers. There are a lot out there now, Navians and, and different product lines like that that are that will do the heating for your hot water, but also heating for your hot wa- for the wa- water for your house, for domestic hot water. Okay. These sort of devices, they definitely need to be maintained once a year. I've taken apart, photographed, teaching other guys, and it's just amazing the amount of debris is found inside the heat exchanger. You've got to get it out, otherwise you don't have the efficiencies. So when it comes time to to protecting your investment, because you've you've yeah. used you've used that that phrase a number of times, and yeah. it's one hundred percent true. Yeah. A couple of hundred bucks for an, a, a professional to come in and do an assessment on the on, and a tune up or whatever yeah. that's a furnace check, a maintenance yeah. annual thing, yeah. and a hundred dollars here and a hundred dollars there. I mean, uh, I mean, yes, it does add up. But it also is a wise, wise. Consider the costs the yeah. on the other side of the deal. It's pretty cheap. It's pretty cheap. But also, when we leave that place at Lambert's, we make sure your home is safe, your family's safe, because we do this uh, CO detecting on everything. As we finish the complete inspection and detail in the report, we also give you that CO test to let you know that you're going you're gonna to sleep just fine. Outstanding. If you would like to contact Steve and his colleagues at Lambert Plumbing, Heating, and Air, uh, check them out on the web. It's Lambert Home Comfort. Dot com. Stephen Bennett, thank you so much for joining us today. A very good conversation. I've got, thank I've you. taken notes, and now I have, now I got to go home and do all this stuff. Great to meet you. Thanks. Great to meet you. Thank you for having me. Back with more in a moment. Socked in tight and 11 degrees in downtown Vancouver at 11.55 this Sunday morning. Sterling Fox with you. The latest from BC Hydro, BC Ferries, and the Weather Office all coming your way in just a few minutes here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Uh, We've already mentioned that BC Ferries, of course, has laid on extra sailings. Lots of cancellations, particularly yesterday. Some on Friday as well. A lot of stranded folks on both sides of the uh, island lower mainland commute. And uh, so the lineups are going to be pretty extensive. We'll keep a watch on that through the day. Keep it right here on CKNW, and uh, we'll keep you posted on the wait times and so on. Uh, BC Hydro, good news. Uh, We had 65,000 people without power at approximately this time yesterday. Uh, Today, not so much. We're in much better shape. Uh, We want to also just uh, take a moment here to include this from Linda Steele and the Steele Report. Steele and Drex News Talk 980, weekday afternoons, 2 and 6. That's where you can catch Linda and Drex. But every day, Linda and her team put together a little consumer moment called the Steele Report, and we have stolen a Steele Report for, oh, right now. Hey, I'm Linda Steele, and this is your Steele Report. 
Virtual reality is the next best thing to video gaming. And just in time for super early Christmas shopping, PlayStation VR has arrived in stores. Gaming expert Max Parker says Sony's advertising this unit at a more affordable price point to try to reach more consumers. I mean, like we said, it is the cheapest virtual reality headset on the market, and it's still a great virtual reality experience. The unit only costs $400. For an extra $100, you can buy a bundle that includes a headset and other accessories. However, Max says there are some drawbacks to using the unit. You need some space. You're not going to be able to play this really well if you're in a a tight, small apartment. It's it's helpful to have somebody watch out for you while while the headset is on you. Sony recommends children be older than 12 years old if they want to use the unit and say that it may cause nausea, blurred vision, and motion sickness for some. I'm Linda Steele. The Steele Report for Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. Thank you, Linda Steele. You can catch Linda and Drex every weekday afternoon, 2 to 6, Steele and Drex on News Talk 980 CKNW. Uh, coming up on Vancouver Consumer next week, Jordan Back from BC Perio will join us, and uh, hopefully you will as well with your calls and thoughts as uh, Jordan will talk about all sorts of dental matters. Uh, big thanks to Stephen Bennett today from uh, Lambert Plumbing, Heating, and Air for his input on winterizing your home. Hopefully, some of the suggestions that uh, Stephen had, and my gosh, there were certainly no shortage of them, uh, work and apply in your house and in your life. And if you've missed any of them, uh, the show will be in our archives here at cknw.com, or you can go to lamberthomecomfort.com and uh, connect with Steve, uh, perhaps if you want him or one of his colleagues to come have a look at your place. Our thanks to Stephen. It was a great, great hour and a very entertaining and informative visit. Also, hats off and thanks to producer Matt Humphrey, for all his hard work, and mostly uh, to you for joining us on Vancouver Consumer. Until next Sunday, I'm Sterling Fox. Have a great day. We'll see you next time on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.